Happy New Year, friends. It's weird to say 2022, but it's here, and I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. If one of your goals this year is to get more eyeballs on your business and get people talking about you, then grab a pen and paper because my friend, Lisa Simone Richards, is spilling the tea on how to get visible this year. And we're not talking about content. There's a difference between content and visibility, which you'll find out in a few minutes. Lisa and I also chat about the ABCs of visibility and the different types of media that will help you create buzz for your biz. And we chat about some funny stories about Teen Magazine and Steven Spielberg. So sit back, relax, and get ready for an epic year. Hey there, sister. Welcome to the Social Media for Mompreneurs podcast. I'm your host, Allison Scholes, and I am on a mission to help mompreneurs like you ditch the Instagram overwhelm and take control of your time on the app and build an extraordinary brand and business, but still be fully present with your family and just be crazy happy with your life. This show is filled with Instagram strategies, marketing hacks, branding and business tips with a side of coffee and Jesus. If you're ready for some juicy content, you know what to do. Hand your kiddos those tablets, open those juice boxes, grab your coffee, whiskey, or wine, and let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show and welcome back to the first episode of 2022. I am so excited for you guys to listen to this episode because I have Lisa Simone Richards here and she is a PR invisibility strategist for coaches who want to get more eyeballs on their business. And I am betting that all of you want more eyeballs on your business this year. So before we dive into our topic about visibility, I would love for Lisa to introduce herself and tell us more about how she got into PR and why focus on visibility. So Lisa, welcome to the show and I'm going to let you take it away. Allison, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this chat today. I know we've been planning this for a few weeks and I did not know that I had the esteemed honor of being the first guest of 2022. So thank you for having me to kick the year off with your community. I truly, truly appreciate that. And I want to bring as much value to the listeners as possible today. So definitely stay tuned if you're somebody who wants to be able to reach new people and more eyes with your business. So really briefly, a little bit about how I got into this industry and about me and how I help my clients. Um, I can take it back for the first time to being somewhere around like 11 years old. And I had a subscription to Teen People magazine. I'm not sure if you remember that one. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I was opening and reading the magazine one day and there's a letter to the editor section. And I thought that that was so cool that you could write a letter to the editor and it would show up in the magazine. So, you know, I was in Girl Guides. I knew how to write a letter in an envelope and do the stamp and all that stuff. So I sent a letter in, didn't even ask my parents for help with it. And lo and behold, a few months later when the magazine came in the mail it had a turquoise blue background with Jonathan Taylor Thomas on the cover I think he was wearing a red t-shirt from Home Improvement and I opened up the magazine and my letter to the editor was in there and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever so that was the first moment that I got hooked on the media 
Fast forward to me now being in university, I'm 18 years old in first year, and I'm having lunch with a girl who's in fourth year and about to graduate. And she was sharing with me that she's going to go to PR school. And, you know, this is when sex and the city, sex and the city was in its heyday. And I'm very excited. Countdown eight days till and just like that <laughs> comes out at the time of recording this. Um, but in any event, Samantha Jones, one of the main characters on the show, did PR and fashion and beauty. And it was so like sexy and outfits and fun parties and really cool stuff. And I was like, I'd be into that. So I ended up actually going into PR. I worked in fashion and beauty for a few years, was working the Devil Wears Prada lifestyle in a magazine, would work fashion shows on the regular, got into beauty and cosmetics industry. It was super fun. Um, I ended up working in agency after that. So I worked on brands like Staples, Virgin Mobile, Crayola, getting them front page newspaper coverage, getting them on television. Um, again, remember back in the day, social media was not as prevalent as it is now, but those were the mediums that really mattered back then. And then after leaving the agency, I actually ended up working in fitness for a while for a small company. Like there were about maybe less than fewer than 10 of us on staff in total. And that was a really fun experience because we started off with 30 locations here in Ontario, Canada. And by the end of four years of my working with them, we went to over a hundred locations across the country. The company revenues went from 400,000 a year to over 4 million a year. And this was all largely based in our visibility. Uh, the CEO, so it was my job to do the PR and visibility for the company. So I'd get the CEO and all the local publications, all the national ones, we'd make sure that she was on the like entertainment tonight style television shows. So whenever somebody thought about fitness, they thought of our company. So it was so cool to see because I was a personal trainer for that company as well. So I would literally go to the park to train my ladies and see the other competitive um, boot camps around me and mine would always be sold out just because we had that it factor because we had that brand reputation people didn't care that we cost more they were willing to pay for it so um, I really had a rush from doing that and working so closely in the business so really fast forward to today I've seen that there are so many passion entrepreneurs who have taken a chance on themselves they have left what may have been a safe nine to five job or they may have been you know gracefully released as I was back in 2015 and now they're doing what they love and they're so good at what they do, but they have no idea how to get eyes on their business. So I love to be able to share with people, here's a way to get in front of the right people, qualified leads in a way that builds awareness, buzz, and credibility for you. So you're not just like every other coach out there and that you can really break through the noise. That was awesome. And I absolutely love your first story about the teen magazine. And it made me think of a story. I was probably around the same age that I have always wanted to be, do something with creativity. Now, did I know at that age that I wanted to, I mean, I don't think podcasting, it didn't even exist back then, but I knew that I wanted to be, do something and stand out in the future. But back then I was obsessed with movies. I actually wrote a letter back then to Amblin Studios. I don't even think they're around anymore. And, and for Amblin Studios, Steven Spielberg was the owner. I actually wrote him a letter saying that I wanted to somehow one day work in the industry and be a part of it. I actually got a letter back from him. Couldn't believe it. I actually got a letter back from Steven Spielberg. And to this day, I still can't find that letter. It's oh, no, I was going to say, I was going somewhere. It's probably buried in my parents' house somewhere in a box with all of my stuff. I'll have to search for it if I can. But it, it goes back to, do you find that entrepreneurs end up going back to what they were passionate when they were young? 
Do you I find think that that's happens? a part of us that always knew what we were yes. going to do. And I love your story because, you know, not to even like, we're not even getting into the content yet, but we're just bouncing stories back and forth. Like you just took a chance on yourself and put yourself out there. What did you have to lose? And look at you now, you know, as an entrepreneur, putting yourself out there, what do you have to lose ever overcoming those like fears or obstacles that might hold you back. And it reminds me of when I actually graduated from university. So, you know, I just learned about PR and I wanted to get into the beauty industry. Um, when I graduated the a cover of a magazine, again, it's what it always comes back to with me. Um, my university had an alum publication and there was this really pretty blonde on the cover. Her name is Heather Ryer and she had a company called Cake Beauty here in Toronto. And I read her story and I was like, I want to work for you. So I reached out to her and I called her or emailed her. I probably called, emailed her back at the time. And I was like, hey, I want to be your PR intern. She was like, don't have any internships. I'm like, you do now. I want to be your PR intern. I was just relentless. And I created an internship for myself. And that turned into a paid job by the time I was going to PR school the year later. So like, I love that story that you just like, why not? Why not? Exactly. Why not? That's kind of how I felt with the podcast. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? The worst can happen is nobody listens. So you're just in the same place you are now. and whatever. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So, well, you mentioned something earlier about getting to the content of our episode today. So I have a question for you. Is there a difference between content visibility? Cause a lot of people might be thinking, well, I do put myself out there. I create content all the time. I'm visible. There is such a massive difference. It's one of my favorite questions and something I absolutely get passionate about. So here is the number one mistake that I'm seeing a lot of coaches make. I when, Especially when people join my Facebook group, I have a series of questions that I ask them and I ask what their frustrations are. And the answer that I get the most is that I feel like I'm on social media constantly posting, posting over and over again. I'm doing the TikToks, the reels, the lives, the static posts, the long form comments, all that stuff. And I'm not getting anything. I might get some likes, I might get some comments, but it's not like it's bringing in the sales. And the distinction that I often want to make or not often want to, that I do make for them <laughs> is content is all about nurturing the people who already follow you. Especially if you are a brand new coach or you have just a handful of followers on on your Instagram profile or in your Facebook community, a lot of those people are probably your friends, your families, like maybe you have a small email list and it's a few of those supporters, but it's not even enough of an audience of people who are actually going to buy from you. So constantly creating content for the same small audience over and over and over again is not the thing that's going to create sales. The difference is, is what people need is visibility. How are you reaching new people all the time? How are you getting in front of new leads? Just posting a static post on Instagram and using hashtag online business coach is not going to be the thing that gets clients running in the door to you. You need to get in front of other people. So I'm a huge believer in leveraging other people's platforms. There is somebody else out there who has a group of your ideal clients hanging out? And how can you get in front of that audience? Is it an audience that's on somebody else's social media account? That's a way you can get in front of people and leverage someone's platform. Is it being on someone else's podcast? Hey, look at that example of this happening right now. Mm -hmm. um, is it writing a guest post on somebody else's blog? So, you know, if the content that a lot of people are working on right now, 
totally makes sense and you can do it, but why not just do it somewhere else where you're reaching new people and then you can bring those people back into your world? Because now what you're doing is the content that you're already creating to nurture an audience. It makes more sense because your audience is consistently growing and you have more people to build that know, like, and trust factor with. But if you're doing content for the same thousand followers all the time and that number is not growing, yeah, no surprise. You're not going to see an increase in sales. You need to make sure that number is consistently growing. And that's the disconnect I'm finding the most. So what I'm hearing is your content really is nurturing your current audience, but visibility is taking that content and putting it out on other people's platforms. Yeah, it's all about getting in front of new people. And there's um, a really nice quote that sums it up. Um, It's not for me. I love to give credit where credit's due. So this is a a line that I heard from Lisa Sasevich, a speaking coach I worked with a few years ago. And um, she was saying that her dad, who was an entertainer, would always say the line, "Don't don't change your talk, change your audience. So one thing that I work with my clients on is to what is that consistent message that you can come up with and use over and over and over again on different platforms in front of different audiences, not creating overwhelm for yourself that you're like, oh my gosh, I have to come up with a whole new talk for this podcast. No, no, no. Let's come up with one thing that you can just lather, rinse, and repeat in a bunch of different places so that you're always getting in front of new people and you're building a lot of consistency in your brand as well. So now when they're coming into your world, they know what to expect from you. They're familiar with your process. And it kind of reminds me of the Einstein quote, and I'm probably going to mess it up, but there's something very similar to that where he said, insanity is just when you are doing the same thing over and over, but expecting different results. And I think that's what I see with a lot of entrepreneurs on Instagram, because they're saying what you're saying, I'm being consistent, I'm posting, and they, they're doing the same thing and they're providing valuable content over and over, but they're expecting different results. Well, what they need to do is like you said, you just need to get visible on other people's platforms. So that's getting on podcasts, it's doing collaborative posts or collaborative reels. It's like you said, writing guest blog posts for other people. It's maybe doing a video and getting featured on someone else's YouTube channel. Like there's so many different facets to get um, exposure, but I want you to dive deep into what you call your ABCs of visibility. What is that? So I'm a big believer of intention before anything I do with a client. Um, So anytime someone comes to me and they're like, Lisa, I really want to reach more people. I want to understand what is the purpose of getting visibility. Um, One really quick story that I can share is I worked with a woman named Cassie Lambert. Um, She is a fitness specialist and weight, weight, weight. muscle building, uh, glutes specifically. And um, she had shared with me, you know what, Lisa, I just want to get featured in Self Magazine. I just read it all the time when I was younger. I could care less if I got clients from it. If I just saw my name in there, that would be incredible for me. So that's what we focused on for her because we knew that that was the purpose. Whether she got clients or not didn't matter. Um, A number of other fitness professionals um, that I've worked with, again, because I used to specialize in the fitness industry by virtue of having worked with a boot camp company, they would say to me, Lisa, you know, I really want to get clients into my um, entry-level workout program. You know, it's for newbies. I'd love to get featured in like muscle and fitness hers. And I'm like, okay, so the person who's going to be doing a brand new, just stepping into fitness kind of program is not reading muscle and fitness hers. Like that's a really specialized targeted publication. So that's where we're starting to like dive. We need to be clear on what is the purpose of visibility. So that's what we bring back to the ABCs of visibility. So I'll break down what each of those letters stand for. 
So first comes the A, that stands for awareness. I find a lot of new entrepreneurs and new coaches are in this stage of building awareness. You need to stop being the best kept secret and you need people to know who you are. You need people to know that you actually exist so that they can work with you. Uh, this is for the people who really want to break through the noise. So you want to make sure that you are being featured in the places that your ideal clients are paying attention. I'm gonna have a story for you at the end of this to give you an example of what that can look like. So the first letter, the A stands for awareness so people know who you are. Moving into the B, that stands for buzz. So I always think about when a movie comes out, for example, and it's funny because I am not a movie person at all. I, I don't even know the last thing I saw in a theater, but <laughs> I am aware that recently a movie called The Eternals came out and it came out and not only did I see it in one place, again, me, not the ideal client avatar, couldn't tell you anything about that franchise, superhero, something or the other. Um, they yep. are all <laughs> over the place, beating you over the head with it so you can't miss it. It's in ads on YouTube. There are posters outside of the theater. The actors are on Entertainment Tonight. They're on the cover of magazines. It is everywhere. So, you know, back in the day, it used to be, you know, it takes seven marketing touch points to make an impact. Yeah, fast forward, we're up to about 26 now. So they're, it's really aggressively getting out there. So if you're about to launch a course, if you have a book coming out, you can't just say it once. You need to be all over the place with it. So that's what B stands for, buzz. Then finally, we have the C, which stands for credibility. Now, this is where the entrepreneur or the coach who's a little more established is probably hanging out. You've already got some clients. You're doing fine. You're not trying to figure out how you're going to eat next month, but you also want to be in well-respected circles. There are names and mentors and gurus and people you look up to, whose podcasts you've listened to, whose courses you've bought, and you want your name said in their sentence. You want to have that kind of authority and status. So what are the credibility building opportunities to build that know, like, and trust factor? So for a lot of people, they come to me and they're like, okay, actually, you know what? I promised I would tie this up with a story. Let me, let me fulfill that promise right here. So the distinction between awareness, buzz, credibility. Um, one time I was on an enrollment call with somebody who is a copywriting coach. And she is somebody who worked with um, online coaches who are you know, looking for their first email funnel, sales pages, um, that kind of thing to be written. So as someone who was looking to get more clients, this copywriting coach came to me and said, or this copywriter, sorry, came to me and said, Lisa, I would love to be featured on, and I swear to God, I have to look up the name of this podcast. I butcher it every time. But let's imagine it was called the copy chat. She was like, Lisa, I want to be featured on quote unquote, the copy chat. It is the premier podcast for copywriters. All the top names are featured there. And I was like, okay, cool. Here's what I'm hearing you say. You are looking for ideal clients, but you want to be on the show that actually just kind of puts you back in the noise with more copywriters. And the truth is that online coach who's just starting to build their business and hire their first contractors, they're not so deep into copy that they're probably listening to a podcast all about copy. They're listening to those shows that are more about like online business in general and just getting in there. So rather than being the copywriter who's blossomacy of copywriters on the copy chat. Why don't we focus you getting seen on shows for online coaches and online business? So you stand out as the copywriter coming in and talking about this topic. And now you're getting in front of the people who have the power and the interest to hire you. Typically people listening to the copy chat are probably other copywriters. So you're not going to get business from that. So that's really the difference specifically between awareness and credibility so that everyone who's listening to the show can figure out, okay, what is my goal with visibility? Do I need awareness, buzz, or credibility? And that's going to inform where it makes sense for you to start showing up. 
that that's a really great distinction. And I'm trying to think how I would distinguish that for myself, just to give another example to our audience. So someone like me, who is an Instagram coach and podcaster, and maybe I want to be known as an Instagram coach for mompreneurs, I don't think I would want to be featured on someone like the Jasmine Star show. Because Jasmine Star is so well known. She's an Instagram coach and business coach, and she's really into social media. And I'm sure she has a lot of people in her network that do the same thing have been featured on her show. So like you say, I would just be lost in the sea of other Instagram coaches, even though it sounds great, like, ooh, you're, you're on the Jasmine Star show. But I don't know if that would really help me. What would help me more is I think I would want to be on a virtual summit. We were talking about this before we hit record because that virtual summit was about visibility for entrepreneurs in their business. So I think it's a lot of entrepreneurs who need to get more help in their business. But my focus on that summit was Instagram. Nobody else focused on it in that summit. So I think that is a better um, kind of a difference. Would you agree? 100%. And another distinction to make is sometimes the opportunity isn't as sexy. So a lot of people come to me and they're like, Lisa, I want to be on Forbes.com or I want to be on Oprah.com. And that can drive sales. It totally can drive sales, but it might not. You might do far better in terms of revenue if you do something less glamorous, but you will always have that as featured on Forbes, as featured on Oprah, which instantly gives you that level of credibility. So an example I can share of that is back when I actually had my own PR agency around 2015, I worked here in Toronto with identical twin chiropractors. They were like the property brothers of chiropractics. So uh, they have a studio here in Toronto and they got featured on a TV show uh, in Canada called The Social. So think about it like The View in the States. Um, National daytime from one p.m. to 2, t- 2 p.m. live studio audience TV show. And so they got featured on it maybe three times, which was really awesome. But if someone in Vancouver all the way on the other end of the country was watching, that's cool, but they're not coming to their studio and that's not putting money in their pockets. When they would do the local not, not, I don't want to say crappy, but the local <laughs> volunteer run TV station that only aired like within like a five kilometer radius of their office, guess when they made more money? So there was a difference there. One built incredible credibility, but the other one actually built the awareness that brought money into the bank. So we need to be clear on what is our focus so that we're doing the right things in the right order to fulfill our goals. Yeah, I like that. And you said something earlier about being really intentional and you know, why are you doing this visibility and PR in the first place? I love that. And I, I'm hoping that we have time to shift gears and just chat a little bit about PR and media, because I was checking out your stuff earlier and you talk about different types of media. So can you break that out for our audience who's listening? They might think, oh, you know, what do you mean by media? Yeah. And that definition has evolved so much. So I come from, you know, having done this for 20 years now, it's always funny. I think about having worked with, um, you know, the Staples, the Virgins, the Crayola, all those huge companies back in the day. So this is around 2007. I was working in an agency. Um, I can't remember who the client specifically was. And it's probably better that I don't, um, but we got them on like, you know, some parenting website and they're like, oh, that's cute. But we wanted to be in the magazine. 
And now the tables have completely turned. Like there aren't magazines sitting in the dentist office. You can't measure the metrics on how many impressions a magazine made accurately. So it's like, oh, you got us in the magazine. That's that's so adorable. But no one pays $8 for those things anymore. We'd rather be on the website. So it has been interesting to see how that has evolved over the last few years. So I think the thing that could make sense is really briefly walking your listeners through the ladder of publicity to talk about what are the different ways of being seen and what may what might make sense for you based on your comfort level, because the confidence of putting yourself out there for visibility is a whole nother thing. So typically when I start working with a new client, um, we might walk them through this ladder of visibility, the bottom, and actually before I even walk through the three different runs, one thing to keep in mind is how do people like to consume content? Mm. Everybody has a different way, and it's typically one of three ways. You're going to want to listen to it. So listening to a podcast like this, maybe listen to the radio in your car, being on Clubhouse, you can wash the dishes and tune in at the same time. Um, Some people like to watch it. So I am a YouTube addict. That is going to drive my husband crazy when we move in together. (laughs) I'm going to need some Bluetooth headsets for sure. Um, But some people like to watch their content. Other people like to read it. They want to sit down with a tangible book or read a Kindle, whatever it might be. So I always advise my clients to have what I call a healthy media mix. Try and get featured on at least one audio platform, one visual platform, and one written platform. So no matter how your ideal client likes to consume information, you've got your bases covered for showing up on one of those three ways. So bringing it back, let's now move through that ladder of uh, publicity. So the bottom rung is um, written content. So this is especially fantastic for those people who are starting to put themselves out there for the first time, get seen for the first time. So with written content, this could mean you could write an article or alternatively, somebody who already works at a website or a magazine could write an article about you. They could interview you and ask you questions. So in terms of what that looks like tangibly, that could be getting featured on Forbes.com. That could be you writing an article as a guest blog post. It could be you contributing content to a website like Thrive Global or the Huff post. Um, what are other forms of audio written platforms? Yeah, guest blogging, being on websites, being in magazines, newspapers, those are all various written platforms. So something that the person's going to read. Um, this is really good for the people who also have a little bit of a perfectionist in them. So if you're kind of nervous about the idea of having a conversation with someone or even worse, being on camera or on a live stage, <laughs> that inner perfectionist and you can sit at home and write the article and edit your answers and give it 24 hours to mull over and then ask Aunt Sally what she thinks about it. You have the control before hitting publish on that. So that's the first level that you can get featured at written content. Then when you move up to the second rung, the next rung on the ladder of publicity is audio content. So something similar to what you and I are doing right now, recording this podcast. It could be um, doing, it could be moderating a room on Clubhouse. It could be getting featured on your local radio station if you have a bricks and mortar business and you want to be in front of people who locally have access to you. So this is the next level up for the people who are, you're kind of working on that messaging, you're building your confidence. Maybe you've written an article somewhere and when you Google yourself, you see your name show up in other places and you're starting to feel like, ooh, okay, I'm starting to show up like a pro. And now you can start having conversations around it. So that's the audio level, the second level, the second rung, sorry, on the ladder of publicity. And then let's move up to the top tier. This is getting seen. Now this could be a number of different ways. It could be traditional outlets like being on a local morning television show. It could be using social media, like doing an Instagram uh, television with somebody else 
and they're broadcasting it to their audience. It could be live in somebody else's Facebook group. It could be something like doing a guest training in somebody else's mastermind. Um, it could be speaking on a live stage. It could be speaking on a virtual summit. But really, this comes down to being seen. This is when you have the confidence to really put yourself out there, talk to the camera, or talk to the live audience. Um, you've perfected your message. It, again, it's always flexible. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you're ready to put it out there. You feel confident. I have only child syndrome. So I remember when I spoke on my largest stage that had room for something like 3,000 people in that auditorium. It was the same stage that Rachel Hollis and Kristen Bell were speaking on that weekend. I have no problem strutting and being like, hey, everyone, put your phones down. I'm here. Pay attention to me. It's just that only child in me. No problem with it. Um, I know that's not everybody's ideal situation, but being seen creates the best connection. It really does create that no like and trust factor. So there are different ways that you can leverage somebody else's platform to actually get seen in front of your ideal client. And no matter whether you're doing written content, audio content, or visual content, remember that the way that we see the people who bring the content, the value to the audience, we look at them very different than the person who might be sitting beside us at an event. We look up to them because they're building their influence, their status, their authority and expertise. So do what you can to not just show up as another Facebook ad or show up as another social media post, but how are you elevating your positioning that screams, I'm not just every other coach out there. I love that. And I just want to make sure that I have this right. The three, uh, whatever, the, the three the parts tiers, to your ladder, the, the three tiers, there we go. The three runs, the three tiers to your ladder. You think it's good to have a healthy mix of all three, correct? So here's, here's what I would say. If you are just getting started, focus on one. I don't want you to be confused and all over the place. So typically, <clears throat> excuse me, I work with clients over a period of about six months. In the beginning, I'll be like, just focus on podcasts. Come up with a really great podcast pitch. Come up with a demographic you want to get in front of and just take the same idea and get it all over the place. Um, one of my clients, Nora, she came up with her four R's for getting pregnant. She's a preconception health coach. So her four R's to help you, um, like, you know, optimize your health are to remove, repair, replace, and rebalance. So she went on something like 15 podcasts talking about the same thing over and over again. When she got that under her belt, then we moved up to her contributing web articles, sorry, to um, pregnancy, not pregnancy, pre-pregnancy uh, websites because her clients are, her ideal client isn't pregnant yet. doesn't make sense for her to be on a pregnancy site. Right. <laughs> so she started doing content there. And then television isn't the thing that's necessarily made sense or worked just yet for Nora, but she is doing Instagram live on the host of podcasts, you know, on their account. So now she's getting in front of their audience. So she's leveraging all three of them. We started off with one that just built her confidence. It was easy. It started bringing in qualified leads. It started turning into sales. Then once she had that kind of like easily going, she was familiar with it. Then we added another plate and then we started spinning the third plate. So over the course of six months, she was able to cover all three. That's I think is essentially what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah. So start, start off small, start out with one and get confident in doing it. And then you can move to the others. And then eventually you are just cycling through all three to even boost your visibility even more. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. This was an awesome conversation. I'm really excited for the listeners to really just dive deep into this, figure out what their focus is, dive deep into their ABCs of visibility, and then how they're going to get featured, whether it's going to be written content or audio or video. So I can't thank you enough, Lisa, for being on the show today. But before we end, 
this conversation, please tell the audience where they can connect with you. So I think um, on this conversation, we talked about so many different ways of getting seen, written content, audio content, visual content. It's like lies, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, <laughs> um, it's overwhelming. There's so many to choose from. So if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, like well, there are too many options, I'm gonna make it easy for you. I have a quiz that's called, how should I get visibility as an online coach? So you take this quiz, I'm going to learn a little bit about your personality. Do you have only child syndrome like me and you want to be on stage in front of everyone? Or is that the worst idea ever? And you would rather be at the comfort of your keyboard. So I'll learn about your personality, but I'll also get a better understanding of your business goals, that intention that we talked about earlier. So based on your personality and your business goals, we're going to figure out which way of getting visibility makes the most sense for you. So I'll send you the answer. And in addition to letting you know which one makes sense to get started with, I'll send you a training video so you can actually actually put it into practice. So all of that is available over at lisasimonerichards.com slash quiz. Awesome. And I'll make sure that I put that in the show notes for everyone to go check it out. And I think I might even check it out once in a while. You kind of need to have that check-in with yourself and see where you're at and what you should be doing even more to get visible. And maybe I'll see what I'll be doing in the new year. So thanks again, Lisa, for being on the show. Glad to be here. And I hope it opens up some new possibility for everyone who's listening in today. Uh, Thanks, Lisa. I can't thank you enough for listening today and supporting this show. The best way to support me and grow the podcast is by leaving a written review on Apple iTunes. I promise you, I read every review and take them to heart. And don't forget, head to bossladyinsweatpants.com to grab all my freebies or hang out with me on Instagram at Allison Scholes. I'll see you soon.